0: All uh-huh. right. Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, good evening, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the C-Report. I am your host, uh, one Mr. C here, sitting uh, at you guys on this uh, wonderful Wednesday evening, and uh, we're coming to you live on the Clout Hub, the Twitch, and the Foxhole app, if I might say so myself. We are live, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in and coming on out to check out the show. I hope you all are well. Well, Wednesday, 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 what a Wednesday it is today, man, there was uh, plenty of news coming out around uh, the blocks, the corners, the holes, the crevices, and everything else, Uh, but what what have we got in store for you guys this evening? Um, As you all may remember from yesterday, I mentioned we are doing an international episode today. Uh, So I do believe we are probably going to move our uh, Friday, um, our Friday uh, afternoon uh, international episodes probably to about midweek because, you know, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen on a Friday now. And plus, you know, uh, for news like this, Friday is a little bit too heavy. Uh, It's a little bit too heavy for Friday, I should say. And uh, man, there's got there is a lot of stuff to cover, a lot of stuff to cover tonight. Uh, We'll be focusing mainly on a couple of countries uh, we've talked about before, a little bit of an update on what's going on in authoritarian Australia, uh, where their dictatorial powers seem to uh, be finding no limit in sight, and uh, also what's going on in Brazil uh, we done heard that there was a coup or a possible coup going on in Brazil, uh, but we'll definitely iron out those details in the show today and give you guys a little bit of an update on what President Bolsonaro is facing down in Brazil, because he is a, uh, a Brazil-first patriot, right? And uh, he's also a conservative leader, and he's most definitely coming under fire from the powers that be. And then we will talk about the coup that did happen um, over in Guinea, which is a West African country. Uh, we'll cover that. And uh, we will also uh, give you guys a bit of a detail and a little bit of a perspective on what is happening over in Guinea. Uh, that is most definitely uh, the case there as we, uh, we hear talks about coups more and more often these days. And uh, we kind of wonder about what that would look like uh, of course, uh, the one that comes to mind most recently would be the coup that happened over in Myanmar at the head of the years or, or Burma. I guess uh, Myanmar, Burma, it's pretty much interchangeable, I guess, depending on uh, what uh, what's uh, what sphere of the hemisphere you're located in. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we'll talk a little bit about that and we'll have a few other stories to flavor the night and I'm sure you guys will be all good and set with that, uh, but you know, um, like I said, uh, doing, a, you, okay, so from a uh, from a news, um, news perspective or a reporting outlet perspective, you know, you always come across those times where you have a little bit of a slow news day. Now, that can be uh, kind of hard to believe considering what, um, you know, what all is going on nowadays. And, uh, there's just so many things that we can talk about. Of course, you know, um, I like to make the stories nice and juicy. So, you know, sometimes, uh, um, a a single development in an ongoing story may not be enough to, uh, cover what I want to cover. Uh, but that's not to say that we won't stay on the tail of it, Um, I think most recently what we're seeing, at least out today, because, man, I tell you what, uh, headlines started rolling in um, shortly after the show started yesterday. I was like, ooh, that's a good story. Ooh, that's a good story. Ooh, what else are they going to talk about? And, like, uh, you know, just uh, more more information to share with uh, the friends and the folks and the family out there. Uh, But, you know, it seems like uh, Biden's still making more of his uh, painful decisions out there. It's... Painful to watch, but I always said that, you know, it would be entertaining if he got into the office. At least that was my silver lining. We'd have something to laugh about, uh, you know, for the next four years. But uh, it doesn't seem like it, he's going to make it maybe another four years, you know, another three years, I should say, three years and change. It uh, doesn't seem like he's going to make it. Um, he seems like he's falling apart. But what is going on with him? I know, right, this this is probably a, a, a no-brainer question uh, maybe we can uh, we can pass it off as a rhetorical one but what is going on with him constantly telling everyone his directions <laughs> oh, I'm supposed to do this now uh, I'm supposed to call on you now uh, Who am I calling on again uh, they told me this and this and that and uh, I think the latest one was uh, I'm supposed to leave now. <laughs> what is going on with that? Like, uh, is do you think he is okay? It could be like maybe one of three options. Uh, either he is, uh, totally, totally, totally off his rocker. Right. And, uh, he's just speaking, you know, um, off of the top of his head, uh, based on the fact that he really, uh, has lost cognizance, you know, um, either that, or he is, um, he's, uh, he has a secret shame, and, uh, perhaps that, uh, perhaps there is a, a tiny bit of a conscience in there that makes him feel guilty, or maybe it's not even conscience, maybe it's more like, um, uh, embarrassment, or, or, uh, he realizes that, uh, he, he's lost his dignity, and, and in an attempt to save it, He tells the people, well, um, I'm supposed to do this now, Um, um, even though I wouldn't do this if I weren't being told what to do. You know what I mean? Like kind of like trying to uh, save the face that he lost so long ago or or he's uh, he's um, he's letting go of information and he's informing the American people and anyone who cares to watch him that he's being handled. Intentional. Hmm. What could it be? I don't know. Uh, Those are the three options I see. Um, I don't don't know if there's anything else in there, you know, uh, lack of cognizance, lack of dignity or uh, um, I don't know, uh, uh, super secret undercover white hat agent that's assisting uh, America in uh, booting them out. Nah, I don't think it's that last one. That does not sound about right at all. Uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I find it very, uh, funny. It's funny, you know, it is funny. Um, and, and, uh, if he weren't, uh, the supposed president of this country, you know, um, it would be exceedingly, uh, embarrassing. And, um, you know, uh, for the way that he's making our country look, uh, we've lost so much, uh, in the wake of his presence. Um, I mean, uh, one would wonder, how could America ever rebound from all of this? Well, I'll tell you how. It would be uh, specifically by, you know, uh, maybe reinstating and or reelecting one uh, President Donald Trump or, you know, presidents that would be uh, uh, like him. But really, I mean, at this point, I don't I don't really see any other contender really stepping up to do that. I mean, we do have DeSantis. Uh, Should President Trump decide not to run Um, my interest here more as I'm sure is the interest of all of you all watching out there is uh, to have a uh, constitutional president who abides by the will of the people and the Constitution and has no ties and or masters uh, telling him what to do, you know, Uh, so that's kind of like uh, kind of like I think what we all want. I think if we could all get that, if we could get that, I think we'd all be pretty pleased Pretty, pretty pleased, we'd be pretty pleased uh, with the direction this country could go, you know, it could go that way, but uh, I guess we will have to see exactly uh, how that's going to play out, that is for sure, ladies and gentlemen, that is for sure. Um, we had some big news coming out of Arizona. Now, again, who knew this was happening, right? Uh, like we talked about, um, what was it on uh, Tuesday? Was it yesterday? Did we just talk about this yesterday? Uh, where we were sharing with the friends uh, exactly how uh, this, um, this uh, um, uh, other organization, you know, had, uh, had put, it uh, was a true the vote, had put together this uh, like uh, forensic, cybernetic pinging operation, with all this data and all of this research and all this investigation, like out of left field, it came. Uh, that uh, that uh, investigation that uh, will hopefully see the light of day soon enough. Um, and uh, now we have a report out of Arizona where they did an additional canvassing investigation. And uh, that was um, an operation that uh, was partaken by um, um, a group of people. I think it was uh, Liz Harris was her name. She was a former, Arizona Republican candidate for the House. Uh, Now, she's the one who got the ball rolling in the first place over there in Arizona uh, when they did a canvas of the state uh, to prove, um, you know, that there was um, um, fraudulent votes, you know, by way of knocking on doors and asking questions, you know? And uh, the result of that first um, canvas, um, that that first action there, Uh, led to the audit, the forensic audit that we now know of happening over at uh, Veterans Memorial um, Coliseum occurring. If it hadn't been for Liz Harris doing that, then the the ball never would have gotten rolling. And she did it on her own initiative, uh, but she had the support of, of Arizonans all throughout the state. Uh, well, actually, I think it was just in Maricopa when they did it that time, but uh, she had like something like 800 volunteers show up to go knocking on doors, uh, which goes to show uh, that the people of Arizona, regardless of what the, um, I don't know, the popular opinion might be amongst people who just walk the streets and go to work on the daily, uh, is that uh, there's a lot of concern about fraud that happened in their state. And now she's done it again, apparently. Apparently, she did another canvassing effort that showed very, very high, very high uh, disproportionate numbers, huge discrepancies uh, in regards to um, lost votes and ghost votes. Uh, so that's something that's interesting that popped up in the uh, in the uh, rumor mill, not the rumor mill, in the, on the news cycle today. So uh, you know, but uh, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, we will not be covering those stories today. You can most definitely look forward to hearing uh, a little bit about that tomorrow, and then with any luck, the stories will be a little bit juiced up, so we can give you a little bit more juicy juice because uh, we know you guys like your your we know you guys like it saucy saucy, right? <laughs> Now keep in mind I'm saucy. (laughs) So yeah, most definitely we will go through that stuff tomorrow. But that's just what I'm talking about in this new cycle, usually about Wednesday or Thursday, things will start to slow down a little bit. And uh, you're reading a lot of headlines, uh, I guess, depending on where you're reading. Uh, You're reading a lot of headlines that are basically just, uh, you know, um, uh, a repetition of yesterday's headlines with maybe an added article or noun or verb. But anyways, good stuff, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we are going to be talking about uh, world news. All right. We got some good stuff for you guys today. Uh, Before I jump into it, uh, allow me to say to those of you over at Clout Hub or at Twitch, uh, we engage chat over at the foxhole.app because it is... uh, it is a very uh, great community of patriots and uh, and the like uh, that gather to uh, support and uh, enjoy the show. Um, I highly recommend you go get yourself an account over at the Foxhole.app or at pill.net. They're one in one in one in hand, hand in hand, one in the same almost. Well, two different sites, uh, one's a platform and one's a site. Well, they're both platforms, really, but uh, good stuff there. And you will find also other great content creators um, who uh, deliver America First, Patriot News, or just uh, news from another, uh, views from another perspective that is a uh, perspective that is quite, uh, quite the counter of the mainstream narrative. Um, and if not that, uh, perhaps a little bit more insight than you might actually get. Uh, from um, news hounds out there on the mainstream circuits, not to take anything away from News Mask, which I still call News Mask, uh, even though they most recently had a brand new interview with President Trump, and I tell you what, guys there's something going on because I cannot seem to find a full and unabridged um, or or undissected um, clip or copy of the two latest Trump interviews. They're just chopped and screwed. And, uh, you know, I cannot get the full thing. And I'm not going to show you guys like three one-minute clips. That's just lame, right? Even though it sounds like uh, President Trump had some pretty interesting stuff to say in the most recent interview that occurred last night on Newsmax with one Rob Schmidt. Uh, here's to hoping that will become available soon, or um, you know, perhaps I just need to dig a little bit deeper, and uh, we'll be able to find that. I know they have the full clip over at Facebook, but uh, unfortunately, I have absolutely no access. Well, maybe not so unfortunate, but unfortunate is the fact that I cannot view this interview and share it with you guys. Um, I cannot get into Facebook, period. And they have put up a wall. It used to be that they would uh, allow you to see their pages. And, you know, maybe after a minute of scrolling down, it would uh, ask you to log in or something like that. Uh, but it doesn't even do that for me anymore. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Mr. Zuckerbucks does not like the sea um, or the Mr. C for that matter. So anyways, yeah. So, uh, we'll see what we can do about that. I got, uh, two Trump interviews and counting that I need to, uh, pilfer, or I need to discover somewhere on the interwebs. Uh, but we'll see what we can do. Otherwise, I'm sure you guys can check out some of the clips that are happening out there on the interwebs right now. Yes, sir, indeed. Uh, But yes, as I was saying, hop on over to uh, pill.net or the foxhole.app, join in the conversation. And uh, as I say these things, let's go ahead and see what we got going on so we can get into today's report. All right, we have a pill by the rabbit in the house. Hey, pill by the rabbit, how you doing today? Might I add, oh, and thank you for the red pill count. Um, uh, might I add pill by the rabbit? Um, I don't know if you now have to check your DMs over on pill.net, but I sent you a message. And if you guys see Yavapai Michael, let him know I sent him one too. <laughs> uh, I don't think you can access them from the foxhole.app, but over on pill.net in the right-hand corner next to your avatar icon, uh, there's a little um, uh, conversation bubbles. Just click on that and it takes you straight into your DMs. And uh, I don't remember what I said, but I think I was thanking you for uh, hopping on the show—no pun intended—last uh, Friday, pilled. So uh, just thought i uh, just thought I'd let you know about that, just in case, um, and just in case you had missed it. Uh, let's see, Aurelius Locke. good evening, sir, and hi-dee-ho to you, neighborino. Uh, he says he is a workin' and a lurkin'. Well, don't work too hard, uh, my friend, and uh, good to have you with us as well. Um, Just V. Good evening, Just V. And welcome into the chat. Good to see you as always, Just V. Gary Flessner is in the house. It's a shame I cannot... Well, actually, I guess I could speak in all caps, but then I would be shouting. He says, I'm here, maybe them, maybe I'm not. <laughs> well, Mr. Gary, you do what you got to do, sir. And uh, if you're a lurkin, that workin', that's working for me. And uh, if you're a foxhoppin, well, sir hop to it, <laughs> but thanks for stopping by to say hello and okay. uh, good evening, a uh, good evening, sir. Ah, it looks like, so JustV is engaging, pilled about DMs also. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, pa- just click on those conversation bubbles in the top right-hand corner of your screen. You're right, not mine. And uh, yes, uh, most definitely uh, you will be able to uh, check out your DMs there. Pretty interesting, I haven't looked at the groups yet. Um, if there are any interesting groups you guys think I should take a look at, let me know, but I haven't, I have not even explored that yet. And for those of you over at Twitch and Clout Hub, yeah, uh, the pill.net and, uh, foxhole.app, um, apparatus of, uh, of, um, uh, um, uh, First Amendment protected non-censoring um, um, existence. Uh, yeah, they're adding to their thing. You know, they're adding quite quickly to their uh, platform and giving us all uh, fun and new options. Oh, look at, I could just click on that group button, couldn't I? <laughs> I hadn't even thought about, I might not even have seen it until right now when I mentioned it. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, it work. it's quickly going to become quite the community with all of these uh, accessories uh, that will allow us to, uh, um, you know, do a lot more things. It's going to definitely further our reach and, uh, we'll see how it goes after that. I expect great things. And, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. Who's always late. I'm not too sure who are you talking about, Gary. I know I was a little bit late today, but <laughs> here I am. Disco ball chasers in the house. Have a great, so have a great show. See, thank you so much. Enjoy the show. And, uh, ah, yes, Wednesday is Sandwich Day. Happy Sandwich Day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Between Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday lies a day so tasty. We call it Sandwich Day because it's a smack dab right in the middle. You know, because, uh, I mean, Hump Day is funny, but, like, a Hump Day also entails that I have to, like, climb up something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then it's just all downhill from there oh such connotations uh to such a uh to such a phrase so i'll take sandwich day because i like sandwiches um i'm quite fond of them actually uh, but anyways yeah so okay enough about that uh let's see uh what else do we got yavapai michael hey dude i was just talking about you uh yavapai and peeled uh were both on the show last friday on mr c in the dark And uh, we will be back again, of course, this Friday and Saturday for uh, uh, new episodes of Mr. C in the Dark at midnight texas time uh Yavipa, michael if you have not checked your um dms on pill.net uh do so i sent you a message um and all you have to do is click on the little conversation bubbles on the right hand corner of your upper corner of your uh pill.net screen and that's your right not my right uh one thing i was going to mention though uh was um <clears throat> one of the uh one of the um um books that you had uh, recommended to me uh, the night that we were chatting uh, Yavapai Michael. Um, I believe I know who that was. It was the second one. It was a Japanese or an Asian um, um, author and or professor uh, talking about um, how water molecules can actually um, uh, reflect uh, intention. I guess you could say would be the best way to put it. Uh, Yeah, I I heard about that guy. Whew, man, we're going back. Like, what are we? 2021, probably like in 05. um, I had learned about that. That was a part, that was part of my spiritual awakening uh, when I I realized. uh, And they did the, uh, they did an experiment. I saw it. It was in this, it was in a movie called Waking Dreams or Waking Life. Waking Life. If any of you guys have never seen such a film, Waking Life came out, and uh, this um, uh, this scientist that Yavapai Michael mentioned to me had uh, been doing this experiment uh, with water, uh, and the point of the experiment was to show that um, our thoughts have... Uh, Are more than just thoughts, like uh, it's energy, it's all energy, right? Um, And and so we could really influence things with our mind. That is to say, like if you're like, you know, creating your reality, if you're speaking reality into existence, and there's a lot of things with brain power involved in that. But, anyways, the scientist did an experiment uh, with water, uh, wherein um, he took, you know, some, you know, bottles of water. And uh, he put like, you know, a label on them and say on one label, he put the word love, you know, on one label, he put the word hate. And then when they looked at that under a microscope at the molecular level of the water, of course, you know, they looked at the water before any intention was put into it. Uh, He found that the water molecules with the word love on it were beautiful crystal snowflake like molecules like they had. They were pretty. And then when they looked under under the scope at the water that was labeled hate, you know, they were it was just it was like totally like like messed up and choppy and sharp and and like ugly looking like it, it. I mean, and it was really it was it was the first experimentation that he had done into showing that thoughts and the mind, um, have a bigger link, uh, and, you know, to all of us, you know, like when, uh, you know, people talk about us being like, uh, one, one person, one people, one soul, you know, like, and, and we're all connected. I used to think that was a hippie thing. I was like, yeah, hippies always say, you know, we're all connected, you know, and, and, uh, but, but I didn't never understood that until I understood humanity on an energetic level. And, uh, that's kind of where I checked into. Um, Kind of where I checked into uh, uh, humans being uh, being conscience energy, meaning that uh, we are energetic beings who have consciousness and who are riding around and having experiences in this human body. Um, But that is not the point of the C report. So we're not going to go there. Maybe we can have a maybe we can have a, a conversation about it on friday or saturday if anyone wants to i'll see what i can do uh you know but but um the last thing that i will say in regards to uh, uh like kind of spiritual talk esoteric talk and uh and the likes is that um uh since since being able to engage any type of uh, community um in the field of uh you know patriotism and conservatism uh, you know, people like here on, um, um, the foxhole.app and pill.net. And, and even before that, you know, like when I was hanging out with the QA crew back in the day, you know, I always found it very interesting that on multiple levels and, and not just one, not just like the religious level, you know, because, um, after all we, we do honor God and country in the Patriot and conservative neighborhoods, um, uh, on multiple levels, there are very, very, very spiritual minded people. And, uh, I found that to be very interesting. I, I would hasten to, I would, uh, hasten to believe that if I were to be hanging out in liberal, progressive, communist, socialist circles, that there would not be a whole lot of sense of spirituality in that. And, uh, maybe I'm being, a uh, Maybe I'm being a little bit closed minded in that regard, uh, because after all, most of the communists that I have met in real life are Satanists um, or they're witches. You know, I guess that's some form of spirituality, even though I don't agree with it. And uh, so, yeah. So anyways, uh, but uh, but striving for the love, the light and the truth, I find to be a very, very uh, welcoming and noble, um, noble um, um, uh, facets of the patriot community. So uh, very happy to be along with you all for the ride as we, uh, we figure out and work together, um, you know, to, uh, to uh, make the world a better place, because that is, at the end of the day, what this is all about, um, at least in my opinion. So, yes. Uh, let's see. Tam Growl, good evening. Howdy, Angel. How are you doing tonight? Uh, Just V says, I've thought Bolsonaro is a white hat. I hope you don't have anything contradictory. Just V, uh, rest, rest assured, um, Bolsonaro is indeed a, uh, a, uh, a white hat, at least as far as I know. Um, uh, the little headline here reads, Brazil shows up for Bolsonaro. Uh, <laughs> so that's a good thing. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but um, during one of the shows in the past, uh, one of, during one of the past three or four shows. It had to have been on Monday or Saturday. It had to have been on Monday. Maybe uh, someone had mentioned, and maybe it wasn't even on my show. But someone had mentioned, uh, someone had mentioned that there was a coup in Brazil, and I was like, "Ooh!" Um, of course, the first thing that my mind thought was uh, that uh, they were overthrowing, you know, the uh, the, the socialist progressives in Brazil hadn't even thought that they were overthrowing, um, overthrowing Bolsonaro. Uh, but yeah, that's true. That, I mean, that could be the case. Like it, it had there been a coup, I mean, I guess it would be against Bolsonaro. Uh, but he's a good guy. Don't worry. He is a good guy. He's one of our allies, uh, in spirit and, uh, and in form, um, um, as far as nations go. And, uh, as far as people go, um, they are our allies and, uh, On the story that I'm going to share with you guys tonight, I think you guys will see that um, uh, the people of Brazil are our allies also because the people of Brazil are rallying for Bolsonaro and they want him to succeed. Mm, That's very good news, guys. Very good news. And apparently Brazil is the fourth largest democracy. Of course, they say it that way, Um, because um, obviously, when you're reading headlines from all of these other uh, establishment, Western backed, uh, probably owned by BlackRock, right, Aurelius Locke, (laughs) Uh, um, you know, um, um, or media organizations, um, they, uh, they, they, they tend to paint a very different picture, you know, They paint a very different picture and uh, they most definitely view Bolsonaro as a dictator and a far right wing nut, Uh, you know, a whack job for the uh, um, extremist right wing. Uh, And that says enough right there. So we'll get into that most definitely. I think you guys will be happy with the report out of Brazil, um, but we still need to pray for them and wish for them and send as much of our energy and positive thoughts for the people of Brazil. I mean, I know we're in our own pickle right now, but right now they still have a president who's in office that is trying to do, uh, to make a difference and trying to do the right thing. And he has a lot of opposition against him, a lot of opposition. Uh, let's see here. Um, let me go down a little bit more. Why isn't it going? Down? Oh, there we go. There we go. Let's see here. Uh, Looking at what Cliff High has to say about what's happening, very interesting. Um, uh, In in regards to what I'm not sure. Hey, Ohio Kimmy, hola chica, how you doing? And thank you for gifting uh, the cookie, uh, Mr. C, and oh, hello, Mr. C, and all you C reporters. Yes, indeed, you could say that. I get uh, I get tips, hints, and clues from uh, the audience. uh, You know, pretty at least a few times a week, which is always great. And there's some things I'm working on too. Um, some of you guys have given me some very thick and heavy information that I need to uh, I need to dig into uh, in order to make sure I can um, I can uh, you know um, explain it and or or share it the right way. So some he- pretty heavy stuff. Some pretty heavy stuff. Uh, uh, Methinks there's probably going to be another watch party uh, coming up soon, and, and maybe a report to preface that. Uh, in regards to, um, man, in regards to exactly how monopolized the world is and owned by a very, 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 very small group of people and uh, the, uh, the um, businesses or corporations that they own. It's, like, very incestuous. It's very incestuous and it is, I think... When I think about all the products in the world today, and I think about all of the businesses and corporations and companies in the world today, and I think about all of the different ways that uh, these corporations uh, and uh, products, um, you know, um, 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 uh, inhabit and proliferate our lives, I, I am. I am, and this is from everything—from travel to uh, you know, consumption to um, to technology to you know, um, uh, media, um, it's 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 stunning when you really see exactly how small of a group own all of it, all of it, ladies and gentlemen, like not just some of it, all of it, like every facet of our life, whether we want to, you know, uh, go to the store or buy a house or go on vacation, everything, everything is owned by them, everything. It's insane, you know, like it is quite insane. And we have names to go with it too. So uh, that's uh, something to think about, but uh, that's forthcoming, ladies and gentlemen, very much so forthcoming. Um, let's see here. Uh, Tam Grau says, well, Brazil's arresting an American patriot, kind of sketchy. Well, Miss Tam we are also gonna talk about that tonight. Uh, they uh, detained um, um, a former Trump uh, campaign person Uh, He wasn't arrested, but he and his crew were uh, actually uh, detained for questioning for about three hours, and it was not the Bolsonaro government that did that. It was actually his opposition uh, in the Supreme Court that ordered that to happen. We'll dive into that in just a little bit. Um, I think Brazil's full of black hats. Brazil is a swamp of black hats, man. They have not even begun to drain the swamp in Brazil from what it seems like, so we'll see how that goes um speak uneasy good evening sir welcome into the c chats good to see you as always my friend and uh you know make yourself comfy um and uh, yeah yeah gary lurked for a few a uh, few hours the other night well, i'm usually on for a few hours <laughs> well, i'm glad you're i'm glad you're hanging out and hanging in there gary it's good to, it's good to always see in the chats you always bring a certain uh, a certain energy to the chat rooms when you're present so it's much appreciated just be gifts to the shades. Let's get this party started. She's like, "Stop chatting with us, Mister C. <laughs> Stop chatting with us, Mister C. Let's get into this story." Yeah, okay, okay. I got you, Just Be. I, she, you know, I need people to keep me on track, you know. So uh, uh, I'm always grateful for that too, because I'll just I'll spill into this for like another hour or so. But <laughs> all right, uh, you 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 go on over to Craig's and send to send our love from the C chats, Mister Gary Flessner. Send our love. Okay, awesomeness. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Texas Gal, good evening. How you doing? Skeeter Burke, hello again. And uh, okay, we're going to jump into the story, guys. Emperor Speech to you. Hello, hello, hello. Um, ah, yes. Yeah, see, I told you it wasn't on my show. Uh, Speak A Easy said that uh, that news about uh, Brazil was on his show. So I was like, yeah, I can't remember. Uh, but yes, it was over at Speak and Easy's where someone had mentioned about a coup in Brazil. So thank you for that, uh, sir. And I appreciate it. Yes, someone mentioned it in the chats. they sure did. uh two in the pink, good evening. <laughs> did you just pick that name <laughs> to make uh, to make the hosts laugh every time <laughs> you come? We're not laughing at you, okay? <laughs> Anyways, like, it's just my funny bone. Uh, Mr. C, my boy is Brazilian and does a radio show advocating for Bolsonaro. Of course, that's awesome! Uh, Empress speech to you. Uh, se- s- send him my link. Maybe we can have a chit-chat. I would. You know, you said he does a radio show. Is it down in Brazil or is he here in the States? Oh, I would love to have have him on as a guest if he'd be willing to uh so maybe you know because there's nothing better than having first-hand experiencers you know like uh the first-hand perspective uh people who know people who are from there uh love it love it love it love it uh let me know let me know um let me know and because i would because i remember you mentioning uh something about that in a previous uh conversation about uh bolsonaro and brazil probably like uh the first episode we did where we talked about Bolsonaro and kind of introduced everyone to an ally on the world stage for the United States of America. One, two, three SKG. Good evening. And also good evening to you from far away. And all right, ladies and gentlemen, that does that. And, uh, let's get into today's stories. Now, of course, as always, even though today is International News Day here at the Sea Report, President Trump still leads. So let's talk a little bit about uh, some of the statements that he had. Now, apparently, apparently, uh, you know, uh, the President Trump telegram is, you know, in protest and on strike because I can't find diddly squat on there now. But he had a slew of statements that were coming out Uh, In the last two days, uh, today included, as well as yesterday. So let's go ahead and read through those statements real quick. So we can check out what President Trump was saying. Uh, First statement we have from him says, why is it that nobody talks about the horrible job being done about the Biden administration on COVID-19, often referred to as the China virus? Are they using the same cover-up methods that they are using on the greatest embarrassment in the history of our country? The incompetent withdrawal from Afghanistan, leaving dead warriors, hostages, and $85 billion worth of the highest-grade military equipment behind? No military event in our country has ever been so poorly handled. We could have left with dignity, honor, success, nobody killed, and our equipment. But we did not. And indeed, uh, as we mentioned yesterday, and I'm sure you guys have heard about, the backlash is coming on strong from the American people. Um, Who would have thought that this would be the event Wherein uh, Joe Biden could no longer walk the streets publicly, like uh, cannot even uh, show his face without people screaming and yelling at him and, uh, you know, uh, telling him what's up. Um, just for him to lie about it, right? Which is, that's uh, bad enough, you know, uh, that he's already done what he's done and then he wants to get on TV and lie about it. He's like, there was nobody yelling at me from the other side of the fence that does not live there. <laughs> I'm like, really, dude? Oh, don't you know that there are cameras everywhere? This is part of what you guys wanted. You wanted cameras on every street corner? Now deal with it. They just happened to be, uh, uh, you know, handled and operated Uh, by free moral agents who are angry and pissed off about the uh, the the job or the lack of the job uh, that uh, he's done. So uh, he's going to have to deal with that. He's going to have to deal with that. Too bad for Biden. Uh, Next statement is an endorsement of uh, someone who I am actually a fan of. Um, and uh, we've, we've uh, mentioned this, uh, this uh, person on our show before. Uh, that was an endorsement of one Christina Caramo. Uh, now, Christina Caramo um, is actually running for Secretary of State for the state of Michigan. To, uh, to take Jocelyn Benson, that secretary of snakes, out of her position, uh, and all of her, um, uh, misdoings and misdealings over there in the state of Michigan, just, uh, totally, totally, totally undermining the will of the public, trying to defraud them, lie, and do other, um, other actions that are otherwise unbecoming of a secretary of state. Now, apparently, apparently, this endorsement shook the political world specifically of Michigan, but um, I could imagine how it shook the political world altogether because who is Christina Caramo? You know, like, uh, I mean, she is like literally First time getting involved in politics, it has never been elected to any type of position in state government or otherwise. Literally coming out of left field, uh, maybe we should say out of right field, right? <laughs> but it seems like a, uh, it seems like that's kind of like the theme for today and this week, and maybe this season is that uh, everything's coming out of left field right now. Uh, everything is just kind of uh, uh, taking the deep state uh, and the mainstream legacy media by the uh, neck with piano wire. Like they're like, "Whoa, what is going on here?" Like uh, we got all these things developing that we did not even see happening. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure that this was a shock to people because, again, like I said, uh, she's young, you know, and she is uh, she's just getting involved in politics. I mean. And what she wants to do is just to ensure that the will of the people of the state of Michigan is upheld and also the rule of law and also honoring their own constitution for the state. You know, that's what she's all about. Uh, Now, if you guys don't recall who Christina Karamo is, um, we um, shared her with you all um, when we did that story in Michigan uh, where we showed the video and they had interviews with her and everything about how they were sending thousands of affidavits to uh, the governor's office and the secretary of state's office. And uh, and she actually hand walked them there herself with uh, with other constituents and other um, mission genders uh, who wanted to have those delivered. And you guys remember they wouldn't let her in the building and she didn't have a mat or. She- Yeah, she didn't have a mask. And then, uh, you know, there were signs saying that you need to have a mask and uh, uh, they rubber stamped it and no one wanted to accept the affidavits. And yeah, so it was that video. Probably this is back in like June or or earlier. Uh, But yes, and she was also uh, the first and only delegate, uh, no, not delegate, uh, person from Michigan to go over to Arizona to observe the Arizona audit. Now, after she went by herself, Uh, Later on, um, other Michigan representatives that formed a proper delegate for Michigan went over to Arizona to observe the uh, Maricopa County audits. But uh, she went on her own, guys. Well, she was she had some support from um, from, um, you know, nonprofit organizations there in uh, Michigan that, of course, are fighting for voter integrity and the people of Michigan. But, um, I guess that's just a technical detail. Um, but, uh, yeah, she, she took the initiative guys. No one else would do it. And like, man, ever since I first saw her come across the uh, news desk here at uh, the sea report, I have been a fan and rooting for her and I hope she gets the position. I hope she's elected. I feel like she will be. And now she has received the endorsement of president Donald Trump thereby rendering the world of politics in the state of Michigan as shooketh. And uh, here's what President Trump had to say about Christina Caramo. He said, Highly respected Christina Caramo has my complete and total endorsement to run for Secretary of State of the great state of Michigan. She is strong on crime, including the massive crime of election fraud, Christina will fight for you like no other and of equal importance. She will fight for justice. Good luck, Christina. And while you're at it, check out the fake election results that took place in the city of Detroit. And uh, yeah, well, on top of uh, Mike Lindell's Cyber Symposium, on top of the data that um, 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 that's coming out uh, from Everyone involved, uh, you know, uh, it's it's, uh, it's something to look at. And, and you know, I'm per, I'm pretty sure she's even talked with Matthew DePerno. She is that engaged, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, that engaged. Um, <laughs> uh, President Trump had an in case you missed it moment. I thought it was a statement, uh, but it's worth mentioning. New Jerseyans call out Biden. You leave Americans behind. Yeah, we just mentioned it. Uh, we just mentioned it, uh, yelling from behind their fences, standing on their rooftops uh, just to get a word in at this failed leader. I mean, he's not a leader by any means. Uh, he's just pretending to be one. Uh, but yeah, and then going on TV and lying about it. Um, very much so lying about it. Not bueno at all. Uh, let's see. Uh, next statement we have from President Trump. Okay, uh, so this one is um, this one's another heavy one. Now, you guys recall uh, President Trump shared a letter from one of the uh, Gold Star mothers um, whose uh, um, child and who our defender uh, was left behind and murdered during the terrorist attack. So uh, President Trump released another statement from another mother. This one, in this statement, uh, he says, Thank you, Kathy. America feels your loss and fully understands your pain. Riley will never be forgotten. And uh, this was the statement from the gold star mom. Um, she said a uh, message. It says message from Kathy McCullum, mother of Lance Corporal Riley McCullum, United States Marine Corps. Thank you. Just want the family to know I support them. We need the corrupt pseudo president gone. President Trump has to run. My son should not be gone. President Trump would never allowed this to happen. We need him back in office to save this country. Just like he said years ago on Oprah, he would run when our country needed him. We need him. I can't live with knowing my son's life was taken for nothing so Biden could repay his debt to China. They will now have full control of Afghanistan and my son will be a sacrificial lamb. My son was murdered for Biden optics. I'll become more vocal soon. Grieving and not sure I can control my mouth, but watched Biden disrespect my son while I was standing across from him and he was checking his watch, and then Pelosi denying my son recognition and turning her back, just as she tore up Donald Trump's speech. We cannot give up our country, so even if no one gets back with me, I will always fight for the Trump administration, just as my son did. Very, very, very heavy, heavy and heartfelt words there Um, and an expression that none of us or very few of us could ever understand. And we don't want any of that to be in vain, uh, just just as I'm sure more deeply for her. But, you know, we don't want any of that to be in vain, even even if we were in Afghanistan for reasons that uh, that may not be 100 percent holy. The way it was described to us. So, uh, again, our heart and our respect goes out to um, Kathy McCollum and uh, other Gold Star families involved in that terrorist attack in Kabul. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with that, we will go on to our next statement from President Trump. Just watched a massive crane, t- uh, mass- massive crane took down the magnificent and very famous statue of Robert E. Lee on his horse in Richmond, Virginia. It has long been recognized as a beautiful piece of bronze sculpture. To add insult to injury, those who support this taking now plan to cut it into three pieces and throw this work of art into storage prior to its complete desecration. Robert E. Lee is considered by many generals to be the greatest strategist of them all. President Lincoln wanted him to command the North, in which case the war would have been over in one day. Robert E. Lee instead chose the other side because of his great love of Virginia, and except for Gettysburg, would have won the war. He should have been remembered as perhaps the greatest unifying force after the war was over, ardent in his resolve to bring the North and South together through many means of reconciliation and imploring his soldiers to do their duty in becoming good citizens in this country. Our culture is being destroyed, And our history and heritage, both good and bad, are being extinguished by the radical left. And we can't let that happen. If only we had Robert E. Lee to command our troops in Afghanistan. That disaster would have ended in a complete and total victory many years ago. What an embarrassment we are suffering because we don't have the genius of Robert E. Lee. Indeed, President Trump, that's quite a statement. And can you guys just imagine, can you guys just imagine how many people out there will probably take that statement and use it to vilify President Trump and further their accusations of him being a racist? Now, anytime I came across someone who called President Trump a racist, I was always sure to ask them to give me one specific example of how and when. Of course, they never could, uh, but uh, they'll probably use that as an example. They'll probably say, "Well, you remember that time that uh, President Trump called Robert E. Lee a hero?" <laughs> oh goodness! But you know what? We can't. We cannot. Uh, we cannot. Uh, you know, um, shy away from from saying such things, especially in context. You know, uh, where where Robert E. Lee may have been what a. Uh, um, um, a general for the, um, I guess, the South, you know, the racists, right, of the South, which is actually completely false history. Uh, you know, he served as a unifier after the war, you know, and so uh, that's that's context for you, ladies and gentlemen. That is consideration of context that a lot of people don't consider or take into example when we're talking about uh, things like that. So very interesting, very, very interesting indeed. Okay. All right. Now, that was the final statement from President Trump for this evening, uh, but we do have some other news for you in the Trumposphere uh, before we get into today's international report. And uh, also, Merkers, Doreen Merck, welcome to the show, and thank you for gifting the can. And also, uh, two in the pink, uh, thank you for gifting the shades Um, says not sure if all that is supposed to be optics. If we are watching a movie, um, I'm not sure what you are uh, referring to right there. Um, senor or senora two in the pink. I would tend to think you're a man with a name like two in the pink, but I could be wrong. That could be a misogynistic statement. (laughs) Just kidding. Okay. So (laughs) anyways, let me, uh, let me see what I'm doing here. Now I, uh, I lost a lot of my chat. So give me uno momento to see if I cannot adjust that real quick. Let's get that adjusted, ladies and gentlemen. All right, okay. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why is it doing that? Okay. Uh, woke one must be in the audience. That was right. Uh, we're getting we're getting some fun uh, animated gifts in the audience. Uh, I've never seen that one of uh, of uh, was that a guy guy what is his name guy something or other fox right <laughs> the anonymous masked man himself and then uh, oh yeah that yeah that's exactly the way liberals play it and then. Uh, huh. I like that with uh, President Trump. <laughs> I won't repeat what it says, but if you guys want to see what it says, uh, go ahead and hop on over to pill.net and check out the, the C chats and you will see for yourself. Funny stuff. Love it that you can do that there. Oh, I have no chats. Okay. Philly Q is in the house. Good evening, Philly Q. And thank you for gifting the cookie. Working and lurking, but enjoying your take on the crazy. Yes. It is my favorite, one of my favorite uh, lines to use, Philly Q and friends, is uh, crazy, right? Well, uh, I'll tell you what, guys, uh, we are not crazy. And we know they're crazy, right? But we are going sane in a crazy world. Um, Extra points to people who know where I got that quote from. (laughs) All right. Uh, Last bit of news for President Trump in the Trumposphere. Uh, President Trump will be holding a rally in... Uh, It looks like Georgia, he'll be holding a rally on September 25th, 2021 at 7 p.m. uh, Eastern Trump time um, for a uh, uh, delivering remarks to the United States of America. This is going to be in Perry, Georgia, guys. Perry, Georgia on September 25th. So you guys can bet your fannies we will be having a President Trump watch party on that day. So mark your calendars, get your snacks, invite your friends. Uh, looks like uh, they will have doors opening at 2 p.m. A pre-program of speakers delivering their remarks at five and President Trump delivering his speech at 7 p.m. That will be 6 p.m. Uh, Mr. C Texas time. So we will probably go on live about five ish in the evening and uh, we'll just hang out until the president takes the stage. Next up, yes, Aurelius, you got it. <laughs> Boy, Aurelius, man, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, you got it, sir. We are going cra- going sane in a crazy world. You got it, my friend. All right. And uh, President Trump will also be holding a rally in Des Moines, Iowa on October 9th. And uh, that too, he's also set to take the stage at 7 p.m. Texas time. Uh, held at the Iowa State Fairgrounds. Looks like it's going to be another great, great evening, another great rally. So look forward to two President Trump rally watch parties here at the Mr. C Channels and Mr. C TV, where we can hang out uh, at the uh, pre-rally, the, the pep rally. And then, of course, we almost likely have an after party Uh, during the Mr. C in the Darks. So absolutely good, 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 good stuff there, ladies and gentlemen. All right. That concludes President Trump news. Let's get into Brazil. Now in Brazil, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as the headline reads, Brazil shows up for Bolsonaro. Okay. Brazil shows up for Bolsonaro. This is good. This is a good thing. Uh, because um, after all, he has he is uh, facing extreme opposition from the left and their uh, their entities over in the country of Brazil. Now, to be sure, uh, President Bolsonaro is indeed a conservative leader in Brazil. He uh, he narrowly got in uh, in two thousand nineteen is actually when he took office. Now, um, some of you all may not know or maybe have forgotten, but during his um, presidential campaign, he was actually stabbed. He was stabbed and uh, suffered um, suffered um, injuries to his intestines, uh, from which, from what I understand and what I have read, he also still um, faces uh, difficulties uh, from that um from that, uh, from that injury. So they are, they have already made an attempt on his life in Brazil. They've already tried to assassinate him. Okay. So at this point, uh, you know, it is, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's walking, he's walking blessed, ladies and gentlemen. And, and I will say, uh, you know, it's by the grace of God and the prayers of all that, uh, you know, he is still able to do what he's doing in the country of Brazil, faced a lot of opposition. Uh, You know, from from everything to trying to get the people of Brazil more lenient Second Amendment rights. Of course, they don't have a Second Amendment, but, uh, you know, because they were under dictatorship for a very long time, uh, they were controlled by leftist um, elements for a very long time. Uh, But, you know, he's tried to expand that. He's had a lot of opposition with the COVID-19, a shamdemic in Brazil. Uh, they've used that uh, to criticize and to diminish his um, his office in Brazil, as well as facing a lot of opposition from uh, specifically the Supreme Court and the Congress of Brazil. So here you have in Brazil, um, uh, kind of kind of like what President Trump was facing, where you have a constitutionalist, a conservative, or you know a populist in the executive. He has a corrupt judiciary and a corrupt legislative branch in his government that have uh, attempted and pulled out all the stops to, um, to prevent him from passing laws or from uh, doing the work that he needs to do in order to secure the freedom of Brazilians and to also, you know, grow their country, uh, develop it, expand it, enrich it, protect it. Uh, they've used lawfare and all the same types of tricks that uh, we have seen here in our country as well as the media in uh, in Brazil and beyond, I think uh, the international media probably espouses more propaganda about Bolsonaro than even the national media of Brazil. Of course, I am not privy to a lot of Brazilian um, Brazilian um, 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 you know newspapers or magazines, but but for sure, the international stage is set against him. And uh, they make it all the worse for him. Now, most uh, recently, um, as I was saying, uh, you, they actually did hold rallies for uh, President Bolsonaro there in Brazil. Um, and uh, that would be uh, because we had his, uh, we had Brazil's Independence Day. Uh, was celebrated, uh, this past Tuesday, yesterday. Uh, now this, of course, is Brazil being liberated from uh, the country of Portugal. Okay. That's why they speak Portuguese in Brazil, in case, uh, any of y'all did not know that, but I'm pretty sure y'all guys did, you know, uh, but yeah. So, uh, they were, they were celebrating their, um, Independence Day, um, in Brazil on Tuesday. Now with this, uh, these Independence Day celebrations, uh, President Bolsonaro called for uh, the people of Brazil to rally in the streets, right? Um, um, and this, of course, was kind of multi-pronged, you know. Uh, again, it was a celebration of their independence, but more importantly, it was to show the establishment in Brazil exactly what kind of support President Bolsonaro has um, in regards to the way the people and the constituency views uh, him as their leader. And then, of course, also, Uh, for him to hold rallies and to drive points home uh, in regards to what he's facing and what he's wanting to do. Now, uh, the biggest thing here on the table is that Bolsonaro has been talking about the fraudulent and corrupt election system in the country of Brazil. Again, now this is something that we are quite familiar with and I believe the world is becoming quite familiar with in regards to how elections are run and who is selected to be the president, not elected or selected to be the leader of uh, each respective government. Okay, now um, with uh, with uh, Bolsonaro, uh, he's called for several times uh, that they should do away with electronic voting systems in the country of Brazil, and that they should most definitely implement paper ballots that can be counted and can uh, show um, show a paper trail uh, should an audit needed to uh, incur. Um, he's recently stepped up his criticism um, of Brazil's federal electronic voting system, claiming that it is highly subject to fraud, and he has insisted that voters in Brazil's upcoming presidential election use printable and auditable paper ballots as a backup security measure to help defend their ballots from potential fraud in this electronic system. Now, Brazil's Supreme Court has reacted to um, Bolsonaro's remarks by ordering that Bolsonaro face an investigation for alleged slander and inciting of criminal acts in connection to his undocumented claims of massive voter fraud. Okay, and they began this investigation back on August 4th. So again, exactly what we're seeing here in the United States, they're taking the same playbook to and fro, uh, crossing borders into other nationalities in regards to this. And we don't have many, if any other conservative populist, um, nationalist type of presidents around the world. Um, Bolsonaro right now is basically um, the one, you know, uh, like I've mentioned in other reports in regards to international news, we do have political parties, we do have candidates who are nationalist populist, um, you know, um, their country first, you know, um, conservative type leaders, but not many in the same position that bolsonaro is. And again, bolsonaro is in a very uh, a very highly speculative position. He's being watched for sure because Brazil is again the fourth largest democracy in the world, okay? Uh, and again, to, to throw uh, to throw around that word democracy, you know I, I think uh, in this regard it's okay to say that. But uh, but again, uh, the left and also uh, the globalist uh, types tend to take that word democracy and use it as a blanket for any type of move or any type of uh, any type of activity they want to maneuver through and over the system and the people. So uh, so that's some some of what he's facing there now, just like uh, President Trump and others are facing this uh, this examination of those and, uh, who are calling for uh, massive voter fraud. And, of course, they're saying that we have no proof, and uh, they're saying that we're in slight inciting criminal acts. Now, that would be one that would most specifically go towards a likeness with President Trump, because, after all, just think about the uh, January 6th false flag riots and where the mainstream media legacy, fake news media, took that story where they took that narrative. Um, And indeed, ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly what President Bolsonaro is being scrutinized for uh, because of the fact that he called on his supporters to show up in the streets on Independence Day for Brazil. Um, That was uh, this past Tuesday. The numbers were so massive Uh, That is exactly the narrative that the mainstream, lamestream, fake news legacy media is running with, Uh, you know, in researching this story, um, you know, I read reading the headlines. They are all comparing Bolsonaro to Trump. Uh, They are all saying that he is calling for a threat against their government, that he is trying to incite riots, just like January 6th, that Bolsonaro is a threat to democracy, that he is far-right authoritarian, and he is a right-wing nut job. okay? These are the things that the legacy outlets are saying across the board about Bolsonaro. Um, you will find scant articles that show you a different perspective, right? Um, but the people of Brazil showed out on Tuesday in support of Bolsonaro because they believe that the Supreme Court um, is is corrupt, is crooked, and that they should basically move out of the way of the job that President Bolsonaro is trying to do in their country. Um, And they are very unhappy with the Supreme Court and they stand behind the current president of Brazil. Uh, Now to illustrate exactly what I'm talking about with Uh, Bolsonaro in respect to the President Trump um, administration, Newsweek did an entire hit piece on President Bolsonaro comparing him and his efforts to Trump and January 6th as a possible coup. Okay, they're already putting this narrative out there. They see that uh, the country Brazil is headed for the exact same type of event that we saw here in the United States on that Wednesday, January 6th. And uh the thing about it is guys and this is another thing that pr- kind of has them worried just a bit is that uh the uh, the presidential election for which uh President Bolsonaro will be up for re-election does not happen until October 2022. So they are just over a year away and we already have this type of turnout And they're basically saying that Bolsonaro is just going out there and, uh, you know, stirring up a craze and starting to spread lies. Uh, It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be un, un, how do you say it in Spanish? (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, Un, un miedo grande, un miedo grande in Brazil, a big lie, the big lie in Brazil, right? That's what they're going to be saying. I think miedo is fear. I said that wrong. (laughs) <laughs> or scared, anyways. Um, um, okay, so as I was saying, as I was saying, uh, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're call, they're gonna call it the big lie, and they say that President uh, Bolsonaro is already starting to uh, brainwash and influence, and and uh, get his believers to uh, his believers to get his supporters to believe that the uh, Supreme Court and the Congress of Brazil is indeed not corrupt, and uh, they're they're doing everything the right way. Uh, now Brazil's far right leader, as Newsweek says, and again, you will know exactly—you uh, will know exactly what uh, what light they're trying to paint world leaders in. You'll know who they're against when you read how they describe them. Okay, is—is is it a good guy or a bad guy? Is it a white hat or a black hat? When, when in their articles, they start calling whatever world leader is far right you know, um, or, or right wing or extremist, well, you know that they're probably good guys because after all, why do they have to lie to Americans about uh, these people, right? They can just say that without even thinking that we would be able to determine that uh, because, right, no one cares about the world. No one cares about our neighbors. No one cares about international news. So they can just spill over whatever they want to and paint these narratives to people who read the junk, that they produce, and they will be able to equate that with someone like President Trump and all of the crazy MAGA people who seem to follow him, right? Uh, So again, in Newsweek, uh, they refer to Bolsonaro as a far-right leader. Um, And uh, let's see here. Uh, We had rallies happening in Brasilia, Sao Paulo, and Rio de Janeiro on Tuesday. Um, He called on his supporters to attack the country's Supreme Court that have raised fears around South America's largest democracy, despite concerns of widespread unrest by late afternoon, there were no reports of any serious violence. Okay. So that was another thing too, because they actually did storm uh, one of the, well, they did storm the, uh, I guess the, basically the, uh, uh, the Capitol building in Brasilia. Um, But uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Now uh, there's a political risk analyst um, um, by the name of Gabriel Brasil or Brassel, I don't know, uh, and uh, he told Newsweek that these rallies were mostly anti-democratic um, in terms of their agenda and rhetoric. So again, just because you have someone who's um, a conservative, uh, somehow that's anti-democratic. Uh, never mind that uh, they're still observing the democratic process for uh, running elections, right, or running their government uh, but there again is my issue with uh, people describing the Democrat Party as the Democratic Party. They're not the Democratic Party. We are all Democratic here. They are Democrats or Democrats, if you want to, if you will. Um, um, also, uh, this, uh, this uh, political risk analyst went on to say uh, that uh, he acknowledged that there were some differences between January 6th and what Bolsonaro had going for him in essence. But he said they both represent the same spirit of the far right trying to maintain what is left of the anti-establishment rhetoric alive after a series of policymaking failures, okay? Now, I don't seem to remember President Trump making many f- policies that failed, okay? Uh, there were a lot of policies that were put on the back burner or never saw the light of day, but the ones that were implemented, uh, they seem to work pretty well to me. I think they were failed amongst the... Uh, the uh, treasonous um, body of legislators and lawmakers um, failing for them to keep their globalist establishment uh, ideals um, first and foremost. Uh, but again, here, uh, unlike Trump, uh, who called for this, uh, this rally in Washington, which Newsweek is still touting as a riot, uh, Trump did that in the final days of his presidency. Bolsonaro, again, still has a year in office now. Um, let's see here. Um, it was also stated by this uh, this um, this uh, uh, analyst uh, that President Bolsonaro made clear he will not accept any more the rules for the next elections, which have already been decided by their corrupt Congress and told the Supreme Court he would not accept the decisions if he disagrees with it. Um, so from Wednesday on, Brazil is at an impasse. If Congress and the Supreme Court give in to the Bolsonaro ultimatum, we will be under an authoritarian regime. If they don't, then he will try a coup. OK, so again, this also makes absolutely no sense when we're talking about it, because first of all, they don't even know that Bolsonaro won't be reelected. So they're already saying that Bolsonaro is going to lose. And they're already predicting preemptive programming that Bolsonaro is going to attempt a coup. And if he does not attempt a coup, then the Supreme Court and Congress are going to be under a an authoritarian regime, which again, this it's totally undercutting and undermining um, Bolsonaro's ability to get reelected 100%. And of course, that's the goal. Uh, they're saying if Bolsonaro stays in office, you're under an authoritarian. And if you don't, you're under a coup. Like, those are the only options that we see, uh, which is ridiculous um, because that is not even the case as of yet. But Bolsonaro did say that he would not accept any um, new rules for the next election. And he did say that if he didn't agree with the Supreme Court, that he would not accept the decision. And that does sound like uh, something that President Trump would say and did to an effect. Uh, say in regards to what was happening, and that's why he, you know, he put up a fight, rightfully so, during the 2020 presidential election coup. Um, you know that he was trying to stop. Um, of course, things get crosswised, but uh, here, here again, that's what you see. Uh, interesting enough, and most, most, most likely not unexpected, there are polls in Brazil that show him as being the loser. Uh, we can abso- absolutely understand that that would be the case. Now, again, Bolsonaro has been locked in this feud with the Supreme Court, and again, on August 14th, um, he actually called on the Senate to bring charges against two Supreme Court justices, and he warned, Bolsonaro warned, Brazil would, could possibly face a political institutional rupture if the charges were not brought one of the judges uh justices by the name of alexander de moras or mores was j- uh, jailed the head of a party allied with president bolsonaro um, as part of a probe on alleged online misinformation and anti-democratic threats so the supreme court's already making moves against allies of bolsonaro um and uh this same justice um also opened a probe on Bolsonaro for allegedly posting confidential material on social media to try and prove that the allegations brought against um, um the uh the ally Bolsonaro were false and also to prove his allegations on election fraud as being true so if you can imagine what's going on in California with the recall election and that that uh that that uh, Dumbo that moron um, Hari Hursty trying to interject himself. Now, why is he trying to interject himself? Because during uh, Mike Lindell's cyber symposium, they showed photos of um, a, um, um, of uh, what do you call it? Um, Dominion's um, um, electoral management system, right? So, what if this was kind of the case? And and in the case of, and I'm not I'm not I'm speculating here, but what if in the case of this? Uh, You know, um, uh, President Bolsonaro was posting images of, of, you know, proof of fraud, uh, but perhaps it was by way of showing uh, some of their networking or their systems. I don't know. I'm speculating there, but I'm just giving it as an example. But again, um, he was posting this online and uh, they wanted to open an investigation to him because uh, he was trying to prove the fraud. But I, I guess he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't for sure. Um, the other justice uh, that was also um, um, called into question by Bolsonaro uh, is named Luis Roberto Barrasco. Um, and he had been a vociferous opponent of Bolsonaro's fraud claims over the upcoming election. And the president retorted by calling him a son of a whore. Strong words from the president there. Uh, now let's talk a little bit again about these protests uh, that, um, that went out. Uh, on independence day. All right. Um, so uh, let's see here. Like I said, they took place in Brasilia, Sao Paulo and Rio de Janeiro. He actually went and did speaking engagements at these uh, vicinities. Um, several polls. Oh yeah. 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 Again, like I said, several polls showed that he's losing the election. Actually, in, in regards to these protests, I got some, oh, look, there you go. There's, there's a, there's an example of how many people were showing up. Like, look at that. All of those people showing up to support President Bolsonaro. That's just in one area of um, the country where they were coming out in numbers in mass. Like that's a lot of people. Uh, Let's take a look at um, let's take a look at some footage, guys, that I have for you all. I think I got about two clips. We'll play real quick for you all to peruse interesting stuff here. Uh, Let me see here. Does this expand? Oh, I know why. Let me just do my technical adjustments here and uh, let's get this baby rolling. There we go. All right, here we go, guys. Oh, I just know it's gonna play a commercial. What is it doing? Okay, hold on, guys. You can't see what's going on now, but uh, something of funny is happening. Aha, uh-huh. I knew it. They're trying to play a commercial, okay? <laughs> just give me one hot second, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll get this thing rolling. Uh, These are the kind of ads you cannot deny by way of a, uh, yeah. What
1: is it doing? Let's go now to Rio de Janeiro and uh, reporter Jan Onosco. Jan, what's the latest where you are? Hi there. I'm actually in Brasilia, and you can see behind me that there are thousands of Bolsonaro supporters now leaving the Esplanade, which is where the seat of government here in Brazil is is. They were here to show their support for the president, but also to express their anger towards the Supreme Court and the Congress, both of which they believe have overstepped their constitutional powers. Now, indeed, Bolsonaro did address the crowds for about 10 to 15 minutes earlier, and he seemed to issue a veiled threat to the Supreme Court, saying that if they didn't step into line, then they may end up suffering what we don't want them to suffer. One of the most recent rounds that he's had with them has been about Brazil's electronic voting system. He believes that it's fraudulent or is open to fraud, and he would rather have a new paper ballot reinstated. However, the Supreme Court and Congress have both rejected this, saying there's no evidence of fraud, and he is as yet to produce any. So we haven't had that January 6th moment that some had feared where there would be Uh, Bolsonaro urging his supporters to uh, storm those institutions. No, fortunately, we haven't had any of those scenes. Overnight, there were people who attempted to break the barriers and get towards the Congress and Supreme Court buildings. But that didn't happen. It's been largely a fairly amicable party atmosphere here. And um, they really just want to show their support so far for Bolsonaro. Bolsonaro. There are, of course, some people here who don't believe that there should be free and fair elections next year. They actually want a military intervention um, and a return to a military regime. And Bolsonaro himself has even said that if he can't be confident that the elections next year will be free and fair, then maybe he will have to suspend them. Of course, the day's not over yet, Jan. Uh, Later, Bolsonaro will be showing up at an afternoon rally in uh, the economic capital Sao Paulo, which is also the stronghold of the uh, frontrunner for those elections next year, Lula da Silva. Absolutely, yes. Bolsonaro is on his way as we speak to Sao Paulo to address the crowds there. And of course, you can imagine the crowds here were asking for Lula to be imprisoned. He was, of course, imprisoned a few years ago, but was released and cleared of all charges. They're asking him for for his imprisonment once again, because they know, and the opinion polls show, that if he were to face Bolsonaro in a a runoff in next year's election, then there is no doubt that Lula would win. So is this all a bit of grandstanding? Because after all, the presidential election is still 13 months away. In some ways, it's almost the beginning of the election campaign. He was actively asking people to come out onto the streets and show their support for him today, on the day that marks Brazil's independence from Portugal, because he knows that, if we look at the opinion polls again, he's got a real uphill struggle if he's going to win a free and fair election. Only 24% of Brazil's population support and approve of Bolsonaro, whereas more than 50% disapprove of him. He's only got 13 months, as you say, and it's going to be a real battle for him to win re-election. And we'll be talking about it in the next hour in the France 24 debate. Jan in Brasilia. Many thanks for that live update.
0: All right. So I think, uh, do I have, I think I have another one possibly to show you guys. Oh no, it's just a photo. Okay. So yeah, there you go. There's, a, and you see, even even in that news report, you know, they're they're still trying to draw those comparisons to President Trump and President Bolsonaro. And, you know, they they are just conservatives trying to do the best for their country and their people. And uh, so it's really quite a shame. Uh, Real quick in the chat, were you guys getting that loop also? Uh, That's the first time I've seen that happening. I mean, I think it's happened here before you guys have told me where it's just I loop repeating the same thing. That's weird. Uh, Anyway, so uh, had to refresh that over in there. And thank you, Aurelia. Slok, una gran maldita mentira. That's the word we're looking for. It's, it's, it's uno grande mentira, (laughs) but yeah, so those are some of the efforts that we're seeing against, uh, President Bolsonaro in uh, in uh, Brazil, and absolutely just V. Um, his son was present at Mike Lindell's cyber symposium, uh, so you know uh, the good guys uh, travel together. It seems, or at least help each other out where they can. Amber's Beach to you. Thank you so much for gifting the shades. Says thank you for talking about Brazil. I'm sure Leo would be happy to come on your show. That would be so cool. That would be so cool. And neither do I, just because says, I don't believe he has the, that disapproval. I don't think so either. That's why uh, when I was reading that and they say polls say this and polls say that, I really do not believe that uh, he, uh, he's that far down in the polls when, uh, you know, 13 months out from the election, he already has these kind of crowds coming to his support. As much, uh, as much smack as they talk about him and his leadership and, and really, really the, uh, the number one, um, the number one, uh, thing that they use, the number one idea that they use against President Bolsonaro is uh, the COVID-19 pandemic rollout, you know, in in regards or response, I should say, in regards to taking care of the people. Because I think the number was somewhere around 580,000 Brazilians have died since COVID-19 started. But again, uh, who's to say that that number is not uh, beefed up a little bit by all of the other little schemes and things like that that they've been doing in the States as well in Brazil? Uh, So there's no telling guys, Um, everything, all the odds are definitely stacked against him. Uh, Let's see here. And uh, so moving along from that, uh, like I said, uh, we had these rallies this past Tuesday. Um, They came out by the thousands in support for President Bolsonaro. Um, And on Tuesday, they marched through the streets with some carrying signs and banners asking the far right, again, this is Newsweek, far right populist leader to use the military. Even the people of Brazil are asking President Bolsonaro to use the military to take over the entire government because they believe members of Brazil's Supreme Court and leftist senators are traitors for standing in the way of President Bolsonaro. Isn't it interesting how similar these narratives and storylines are as we're seeing in America? Uh, supporters of Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro pushed through police barriers on Monday evening to advance towards the Congress building in Brasilia. Um, and that, again, happened Monday, which was on the eve of the planned day of demonstrations. And again, it's they, they say this across the board, to back the far right leader with dispute to the judiciary, okay? So really the question is, where will this go moving forward for President Bolsonaro? What is the outcome gonna be? Uh, They're probably going to pull out all the stops um, against him. There's no telling what else they may try. Uh, It's really a cause for concern, you know, especially when you consider things like this point. Um, Now we have one of President Bolsonaro's allies, or maybe we should say supposed allies, in the House. He's actually the Speaker of the Lower House, uh, a man by the name of Arthur Lira. Okay, Now, Arthur Lira, who is the Speaker for the Lower House of of Brazil's legislative body, said that the country has no room for radicalism. And that they should focus on the coronavirus pandemic and high unemployment, which undoubtedly was caused by the coronavirus planned pandemic. Um, and uh, again, he, he's uh, uh, this this guy who is supposedly Bolsonaro's ally uh, is saying that uh, that there's no need to get into this election fraud talk. OK, he, he's kind of starting to sound like some of the rhinos that we have here in the States. Um, he says uh, he said in the in the discussion he said in regards to the discussion of paper voting receipts um, that it was a closed matter and that Brazil should not have that. He said the House last month rejected Bolsonaro's printed receipt proposal, which he said is needed to avoid fraud. Lawmakers considered the change to Brazil's electronic system unnecessary. Um, and again, Bolsonaro raised tensions in Brazil on Tuesday by attacking the Supreme Court and again calling for the voting system change that justices have ruled out. Like, this is what he's fighting for. This is what they are denying. Um, without the change he wants, Bolsonaro has threatened not to recognize the results of next year's presidential election, which, is ex- uh, which, is expected to, which he is expected to seek re-election. Again, Lira, who is an ally of Bolsonaro, said Brazil's constitution will not be violated, rebuffing the president's core supporters who have proposed closing the Supreme Court and other anti-democratic moves. So saith Newsweek. All right. Uh, but in regards to, uh, you know, the conservative movement and populist movement being strong in Brazil, and also in regards to uh, Brazil being an ally of America First patriots and MAGA movement patriots and conservatives and populists and nationalists, um, you know, there's there's a definite exchange of ideas between Brazil and between the United States of America, as it was brought out in the chat rooms. Um, President uh, Bolsonaro's son, Eduardo Bolsonaro, was also present and accounted for and gave a, uh, a speech during Mike Lindell's cyber symposium. Um, And also, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, they actually have a CPAC Brazil. So uh, political action, um, uh, political, (laughs) sorry, guys, Uh, my mind is eluding me at the moment. Uh, but the, uh, the, uh, CPAC conference in Brazil, in Brazil, uh, took place this past weekend. Now, this is where we're getting stories about, um, um, conservatives from the United States of America being apprehended and, um, uh, jailed in Brazil. Uh, well, in fact, this had nothing to do with President Bolsonaro. Um, they had this conference again here this past weekend, uh, in Brazil. And uh, let's see here. Um, we had, according to the stories, of course, Jason Miller, who is a former advisor of President Trump, being detained by authorities in Brazil as part of an investigation of anti-democratic acts. OK, so apparently a group of conservatives meeting up for a political action conference is considered an anti-democratic act, again, because uh, lefties uh, and and the likes like to tie together the uh, concept of democracy and the political party of a Democrat, and they try and make that the same thing, and it's not, okay? We know it's not. We know the party here in America is the Democrat Party, not the Democratic Party. These little word uh, word misnomers and confusions that they try and foist upon us all, and they definitely work for the, uh, the people who are um, asleep or who don't care. And incidentally enough, we're um, uh, effective in uh, moving the Overton window and the nomenclature to where even we have, uh, you know, um, uh, conservative publications and news outlets who say the Democratic Party. I mean, they, uh, even President Trump corrected you guys out there. You guys should have been paying attention. Now, okay, so... Uh, Anti-democratic acts is what they touted as a reason for detaining uh, this uh, former advisor to President Trump, Jason Miller. Um, And uh, Miller, he's also the founder of the conservative social media site Getter was held back by federal police on Tuesday morning as he was about to board a private plane for a flight back to the United States from Brasilia Airport, Miller put out a statement saying, this afternoon, my traveling party was questioned for three hours at the airport in Brasilia after having attended the weekend CPAC Brazil conference. We were not accused of any wrongdoing and told only that they wanted to talk. We informed them that we had nothing to say and were eventually released to fly back to the United States. Our goal of sharing free speech around the world continues. According to the Brazilian news site Metropole, the detention was ordered by Minister Alex de Mores, the same guy who's being questioned by President uh, Bolsonaro, the same guy who jailed one of the Nationalist Party's leaders, Um, And he is leading an investigation uh, at the country at the country's Supreme uh, Federal Court. So, uh, yes, uh, Minister Alexander de Mores is uh, a big, big uh, um, um, enemy opponent of uh, President Bolsonaro. And he's the one who ordered their detainment. Um, Now, the Huffington Compost, Uh, painted this picture of what was going on at a CPAC Brazil. Uh, In this uh, statement, they said, last weekend's CPAC Brazil event, meanwhile, was littered with talk of existential threats to conservative vision of freedom, primarily from its American attendees who've come to see Brazil as fruitful ground on which to wage the next stage of the MAGA war, okay, and and also went on to say something to the effect that uh, what they could not what they could not do in America, they're attempting to do in Brazil and to live vicariously through. Um, but I mean, I guess it's easy to understand that when uh, uh, you know we have such uh, individuals as Donald Trump Jr. Who is also um, who also gave a speech at the conference, uh, though it was by remote. Um, it's easy for us to understand why people like the Huffington Compost and News uh, Newsweek uh, W E A K would say such things, other than the fact that they're a leftist uh, a leftist uh, um, organization. Uh, <laughs> but it doesn't help that Brazil also has their own version of Q, uh, QAnon cute non shamans. <laughs> I thought I'd put that in the report. Uh, yes, uh, the Q Shaman uh, made his appearance over in Brazil in support of President Bolsonaro. Now, don't you know, QAnon Shaman de Brasilia, you're not helping us out any by any means by being there. Oh man, talk about being a figment of pop culture. <laughs> the QAnon Shaman has definitely left his mark on the history of uh, the American political landscape and popular culture. I find that actually quite funny, ladies and gentlemen. They have their own version of QAnon shaman down in Brazil. Keeping in mind that they don't have a QAnon in Brazil or Q so to speak of, but they definitely do have a conservative populist president that needs uh, needs our help in, uh, in, in uh, sharing the word about uh, the work he's trying to do and our prayers most definitely when we have, um, uh, not when we have, but that we should do, most definitely, be giving him, uh, be sending our prayers and our strength and power to him and the people of Brazil, as they stand up against the globalist communists that are attempting to take over this planet. All right, wouldn't it be something if we had uh, America and Brazil against the world, and and maybe Russia, but uh, I think the uh, I think the um, I think that the uh, Decision is still out on Russia for sure. But yes, one, two, three, SKG. Thank you for gifting the can over there at the foxhole. Appreciate the refreshment. Let's pop over to Guinea, not Papua New Guinea or New Guinea, but the Western uh, West African country of Guinea. Uh, when we're talking about a coup that actually took place this weekend, this happened on Sunday um, we did have a military coup d'état happening over in the country of uh, the country, yeah, the, yeah, the country of Guinea in Western Africa. So let's talk a little bit about it, guys, uh, because you know we're talking about uh, we're talking about a uh, military coup, like we saw in Myanmar or Burma, interchangeable, I guess, however you want to refer to it. And we all had different thoughts and ideas about that, and we all saw a bunch of different things, of course. You know, um, uh, the story of Myanmar went that uh, there, was, um, there were um, uh, discrepancies in the election that took place there, uh, at, keeping in mind that this was a dam- democratically elected, you know, uh, administration, uh, keeping in mind that the world and the, the globalist outlets, news outlets and papers touted it as uh, democracy winning in Myanmar. And of course, if you guys, uh, you know, do your homework, you, you know and you understand that anytime someone goes into a country trying to spread democracy, thereby causing regime change, it is most likely a globalist operation. It's their MO, you know. And uh, so, um, you know, my thoughts in regards to Myanmar uh, was that uh, the military was trying to stop the globalists from uh, doing whatever they're doing in their country uh, um, by installing this democratic, uh, uh, administration. And, um, they, uh, they took them out basically and held them accountable. Now the other details involving Myanmar, I, I really could not tell you. Um, I was, uh, I will dig into that eventually, but let's talk about Guinea. Okay. Cause we're seeing this happen again. The military has overthrown, the first democratically elected president in uh, or leader in Guinea that they've ever seen. Now, keeping in mind that Guinea uh, gained independence from France in 1958, and the country is home to 12.7 million people, and they had been ruled by autocratic governments from 1958 until 2010. Now, in 2010, when uh, President Alpha Conde became the president of Guinea. That was their first ever democratic election, okay? And that's where the story begins. Now, um, soldiers, the military seized power in Guinea on Sunday and have consolidated their takeover with the installation of military provincial governor governors, military provincial governors, so uh, governors of provinces who happen to be military based, right? Um, and uh, that was reported. Now, West African leaders have threatened sanctions over the overthrow of President Alpha Conde, who was serving a controversial third term after winning election in 2010. Okay, so that's a piece of it right there, guys. Um, First of all, yes, he was uh, apparently elected in 2010 to two terms as the uh, Constitution of Guinea states. And uh, it became quite the controversy when uh, last, in 2019, he sought to rewrite the Constitution of Guinea so that he could have a third term. Now, much as you guys might have guessed, indeed, uh, the the rewriting, the revision of their constitution was authorized, and the people of Guinea were not happy about it, Let's take a look at this uh, video clip. Actually, on this one, I do have two video clips that I'm going to share with you guys. Let's take a look real quick at uh, what they have to say to give us some perspective. See you guys on the other side, but not for too long. Six
2: days after Guinea voted for their president, the electoral commission announced President Alpha Conde would continue on for a third term in office. 82-year-old Conde won with nearly 60% of the vote, according to a full preliminary tally, although it still requires confirmation by the Constitutional Court. The announcement follows a week of violence in the capital, Conakry. Opposition supporters are angry Conde could run at all. In March, the government held a referendum to change the constitution, which allowed Conde to run past his two-term limit. Okay. Opponents say he's broken the law to hold on to power. Conde's main rival, Salou Dalin Jalou, declared himself the winner on Wednesday. The Electoral Commission said he only won a third of the vote.
0: Now it is for all of us to fight, to preserve, to defend our victory. And you know that it is threatened by Alpha Conde, who had no voters, but had an army of fraudsters. They have transformed the vote you expressed into another in favor of Alpha Conde. We must not accept it.
2: The government mobilized the army as opposition supporters flooded the streets. Alpha Conde has been in power since 2010 instead of We, all of Guinea, we chose UFDG. That's what Guinea wants. If UFDG is not elected, Guinea will not be calm. Conde's decision to run for a third term has sparked repeated protests over the past year and resulted in dozens of deaths. The government has denied using heavy-handed tactics and accused the opposition of causing chaos. On Friday, the internet and international calling was cut off across Guinea.
3: Guinea's government, faithful to its principle of preserving peace and social tranquility, cannot allow this situation
0: to take root. We deplore the deaths and bow to their memory, all of them, civilians and agents of the security forces.
2: While the final telling has been announced, the opposition are determined it will not be the final result. They are moving to contest the outcome in the Constitutional Court. Charlotte Bellis, Al Jazeera.
0: Okay, very interesting. So before we get into the second video, um, we're seeing the same kind of situation here, guys. Uh, Apparently there was a very big fraudulent vote happening here. Um, And do you guys think that it's just because of President Trump that this idea caught fire? You know what I mean? Like, we're seeing the same thing all around. And and I don't know, maybe because the world is so big in some of our minds, I mean, it it is a big place, even though it's shrank with the advent of Internet and uh, quick access to to other things like that. You know, um, um, it, it might be hard for us to actually like wrap our brain around the thought that. Uh, if you have enough people in the right places, they can, they can, and enough, you know, capital money to back it up. They, they can really do whatever they want in any country. And they've been doing this for centuries and centuries, a century or more centuries, you know, when we're talking about specific countries. Now we're seeing them call a fake election here in Guinea. Now, this was in October of 2020, right? The, the scenes that you were seeing here was October of 2020. They were already erupting in violence and protest against Alpha Conde getting a third term in office. Um, okay, so let's hop over to the next one. It'll give us a little bit more perspective on what's going on in Guinea. All right. Let's get this baby rolling. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Gunfire
3: in downtown Conakry. Frightened residents have locked themselves indoors, taking cover from Guinea's paramilitary forces who are shooting live rounds in the streets. What was supposed to be a nationwide protest against President Alpha Conde has turned into street battles between security forces and demonstrators. Armed with sticks and knives, they say they're here to defend their democracy. Of course we are scared, but we've managed to paralyze the city and turn it into a ghost town to show our frustration with our leadership. The 81-year-old president wants a referendum to change the constitution so that he can run a third term in office. But his political opponents are against a referendum. They don't trust the president to organize an impartial vote. Like you know, in Africa,
0: Guineans need an honest leader, one that treats all of its citizens fairly, equally, irrespective of their ethnic origin. ethnic <laughs>
3: The ethnic Fulani make up the majority in Guinea, and yet never has a Fulani been in power. Many of them are out protesting, accusing the government of arresting them and discriminating against them. This is one protester that has just been arrested, and this is what's happening throughout the capital and the country. Paramilitary police deployed to try to arrest and stop any form of violence. Security forces shot dead several protesters and scores are injured. Human Rights Watch accused the government of banning street protests for over a year now and cracking down on dissent. Presidential elections are a full year away, but the political deadlock has already set in. There is a sense of fear and apprehension of what is to come.
0: Nicholas Hawk. Al just- yeah, all right. So right. So more perspective. Now, again, all of this happening. So you would think because you already see all of this uprising, all of this anger by the people of Guinea, that that might have been one of the only reasons why they were going against Alpha Conde, you know, like was he I mean, you would think if he was such a good leader or president that they would want him to stay in office, right? Um, Well, you know, if you read some articles will say that uh, uh, Alpha Conde, um, you know, uh, um, was presidency through the growth of the economy of of, uh, Guinea. But but in actuality, uh, we do find that to be otherwise. Now, aside from this referendum that allowed him to have a third term in office, uh, Guinea's domestic population has suffered from poverty for decades despite of the fact that the country has a vast mineral wealth. Okay. And that's kind of another angle that they're using against this entire, um, this entire, uh, what do you call it? And that's Alpha Conde right there. This entire coup is that it's going to, it's ultimately going to hurt the country more because they won't be able to export and they've shut down operations because there's a curfew and all that stuff, which is not true. Actually. Um, Actually um, the, uh, the uh, military leader, Um, who's in charge of all things at the moment. Um, His name is is Malay, what's your name, boy? Uh, Mamadi Adumboya uh, has uh, not uh, ceased any operations uh, for the mineral or the mining uh, businesses and companies in the country of Guinea. Uh, But um, like I said, uh, they suffered under poverty um, underneath underneath, um, this uh, Conde leader for um, uh, over a decade. Um, Dumboya on Sunday claimed that he and his military faction um, felt compelled to dissolve the country's government to end poverty and endemic corruption in this West African nation. Now, President Conde's popularity plummeted since he won that controversial third term in office back in October 2020. Um, and he won re-election um, after changing the constitution to allow him to stand again in spite of, uh, despite violent protests. Now, Conde's government has increased taxes in recent weeks, uh, causing a more frustration amongst many citizens during a time period when fuel prices rose more than 20%. Some 71% of the country's residents have lived on less than $3.20 per day, which uh, renders the country as one of the poorest nations in the world. And uh, frustration, again, uh, um, boiled over uh, after those protests in regard to uh, his third term. Now, it wasn't just the rewriting of the third term in the Constitution. That's not the only thing that took place when they revised or, or put a referendum on their constitution. Uh, alongside with giving uh, President Conde the ability to serve a third term, it also reset all of his previous terms, okay? So that means uh, if, if the referendum said a president can now stand for three years instead of two, or three terms instead of two, it reset, it erased the first two that he uh, served and uh, thereby gave him the ability to serve several more terms. The amendment provided for the extending of the number of years in the presiden- a presidency's term, raising it from a five-year term to a six-year term uh, despite the government's attempts to present the new edition of the Constitution as a step forward, uh, further demo- democratizing the country, uh, since other amendments proposed uh, other amendments were also including a ban on child marriages and female circumcision, and also the ability for spouses to have equal rights in a divorce and to redress gender inequality in state institutions. Uh, It was largely seen in a negative light. Um, And that was in Guinea and both abroad. Uh, The issue was not in the government's uh, move only. It was just as much about how the authorities in uh, Conakry uh, implemented it. So it wasn't just that they changed the law. It was also how the um, government handled it. Um, First, uh, even the rather loyal um, officials had to indicate that the vast discrepancies in the polling lists, apparently there were many ghost voters, needed to be removed, um, something that the president administration only did in part. So uh, we have uh, officials here represented as the ECOWAS indicated that there were many ghost voters on the voter rolls. And they were upset because um, President Conde's administration only took care of that in part. Uh, but also in order to preclude any undesirable coverage, uh, the authorities under President Conde went on to block all messengers and all social media on the eve of the referendum and until the outcome. So uh, they went on a censoring campaign campaign. Uh, in case there was any type of opposition by the people to the referendum, it would not be uh, it would not be known or heard. Um, kind of like what we're seeing here in the states, where they're censoring uh, um, you know they're censoring um, censoring people who are standing on the side of President Trump and on the side of the Constitution of the United States of America. Anyone who supported President Trump was censored. Uh, well, the government of Guinea under Conde did the same thing in regards to this referendum. Um, and, and that was until they had the outcome of 89.76% of the votes being for the referendum. Um, the third uh, thing that they had to consider was the official redaction of the constitution, as was published by the government, appeared to be somewhat different from the one that Guineans voted for. The new constitution provided for an extension of the president's powers, especially in regards uh, to uh, uh, regional affairs and exclusion of any opportunity for the independent aspirants to be elected into office. So they basically rewrote the way that they can uh, vote and um, who can be ele- um who can campaign. And uh, it was uh, th- the draft that they approved was different from the draft that they showed to the people of Guinea. Uh, the only commentary offered by a governmental o- official came from Papakoli Karuma, minister for hydraulics and sanitation, who argued that no final version was ever submitted to the people because the text was in perpetual modification before and after it was adopted. So those are some of the other factors that led to this coup uh, that was led by um, was led by Mamadi Domboya, um, and having the military take over and dissolve their government. Um, so it, it's really not surprising to see that the country, cities, and towns witnessed these numerous and rather violent protests. And this was all in build-up to the referendum, following the official announcement of its outcome, and immediately after Conde endorsed the proposal of his own party, um, Rally of the Guinea People. That's the name of his political party. There in New Guinea. Now, the elections held in October of 2020, um, which mostly followed the logical logic of ethical or e- ethnic voting, excuse me, typical of Guinea and a number another of a number of other nations in Africa came to mark a watershed in Guinea's political process. At this point, it was it would do us a oh, at this point. We should note <clears throat> that there are key ethnic groups in Guinea. Uh, There are key ethnic groups, um, kind of like when we think about Peru and we think about uh, their communist leader coming into power. uh, You know, there was this whole area of the countryside, the rural area, and uh, that was made up of a particular group of people um, who supposedly came down from the mountains to vote for him. Well, in Guinea, we see that there are very key ethnic groups. We have an ethnic group called the Malenkes and an ethnic group called the Athulbis. Now, the Malenkes tend to occupy the highest positions in the state's hierarchy, um, with more often than not those being uh, represented by um, Alpha Conde. Uh, He's also a member of the Malenki tribe or Malenki ethnic group, and we see these as having most power in Guinea. Then we have the bees, who are often ready to position themselves as an oppressed people. Um, They are not represented by the um, Malenki group, who is the group that is in political power. And they ultimately stand at the helm of the country's big business. However they remain out of business politically. So it's pretty interesting and like difference there. The confrontation between these two ethnic groups in the political domain, as well as in the struggle for winning the hearts and votes of the smaller ethnic groups has determined the essence of elections where Alpha Conde put up his candidacy against Silao Deloa, who is a Fulby. So the guy that was dressed in white that said that there were ghost votes he represented the Fulby ethnic group, whereas Malenke, I mean, as uh, as Condé represented the Malenki Malenke ethnic group, um, the former prime minister and leader of the Union of Democrats. So in the end, uh, the demographic situation being generally in favor of the Malenki's and uh, Condé's group was aptly used by his spin doctors to allow him, in spite of Lao's initial leadership, to win the election, having received, according to the official data, some 59.5% of the vote. Okay. And uh, I think I had this here, this little graphic here. This is Guinea proper and what we're talking about. Um, highland groups being uh, the Malenki and the lowland groups being the uh, Ful- bees. Sorry, guys. Woo, some words here today. Uh, but when we're thinking about the coup that just took place on Sunday, and where uh, um, where someone who uh, Mamoudé uh, Dumbaw- Dumboya might represent. Now, again, Mamoudé Dumboya is the military leader that um, um, took charge in dissolving the government of Guinea. Uh, Dumboya is not, he is not a member of the Fulby ethnic group. He is actually a member of the Malinke ethnic group. So you can't say that it was an uprising uh, and it happened because of ethnic divergence and competition. Um, This guy is a member of the same ethnic group as um, um, as a former president. Um, um, Alpha, um, Conde was. So, uh, that's, uh, that's another interesting point just to note out because that's an argument that you're hearing across the board. Uh, now that is a photo of, um, uh, Mamadei Dimbu, Dimbuya. Uh, Now, he was the coup leader against uh, Alpha Conde. He is a former officer in the French Foreign Legion, and he has promised a transitional government of national unity and a new era of governance and economic development. Um, But he has not explained exactly what that will entail or what the time frame is here. So, you know, whenever there's these uprising and throwing around of governments, you know, uh, there's always that question. Uh, Sunday's uprising in which Conde and other top officials were detained or barred from traveling is the third since April in West and Central Africa. Um, Demboya attempted to quell fears from the mining sector, again, because they're talking about uh, possibly losing their ability to export under this um, change in government. Uh, But he uh, he allowed, like I said, um, the mining and the exporting of that to continue. He did um, proffer a nightly curfew. Um and uh again he is saying that there will be a um there will be a transitional government. Uh now as of yesterday, it was reported that um political detainees were all already being released. Um okay, they were already being released from detention. Uh and uh I guess we will see where that goes moving forward. But that's a little bit about the coup that took place in Guinea. I apologize for uh, stumbling over my tongue there a little bit in sharing that information. Uh, but yeah, so we're seeing, we're seeing a, 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 gr- um, a presidential administration in a country that was, uh, touted, uh, to be democratic and, and the likes. And then we're seeing, um, we're seeing, a um, a dissension amongst the people and a fraudulent election quite possibly, and a government, a military coup going in there to set it straight. Uh, Now, to be sure, when we're talking kind of about, um, you know, (laughs) yeah, exactly, guys. I'm seeing it in the I'm seeing it in the um, I'm seeing it in the chat. Philly Q, no matter what race you are, the ruling class, uh, the ruling class will steal it. Uh, Same same crap, different place. Um, Did he say make a guinea great again? (laughs) I mean, seriously, guys, seriously, guys. Um, but, anyways, uh, um, as as we're seeing here, a uh, same story, but but again here ending a military coup, and uh, you know, uh, same thing with Myanmar, like uh, same thing with Myanmar, Burma, you know, where we see a military coup happening. Um, we see a different outcome so far, though, for for a fact in in Guinea after. Conde was taken, uh, was dissolved, basically, the people of Guinea rose up in, uh, in, in, um, in happiness and praise and celebration, uh, which is not what we saw happening in Myanmar. Of course, in Myanmar, we saw it go totally opposite, uh, where we had people standing up uh, in opposition to um, the military coup there, Now, if we're looking at what was, like I mentioned at the beginning of this with Myanmar and in Myanmar, Burma, you know, we see a military coup stepping in because we had uh, what appeared to me to be a globalist backed democracy, right? Coming in, we're seeing uh, claims of a fraudulent election uh, and, and other things. So it was totally different. Uh, I believe if something like that had happened here in the States, we would have seen something uh, similar here as what occurred in Myanmar. We would not see the people of America praising the military for uh, you know, stepping in and taking over where this Biden uh, administration was uh, uh, attempting a coup and successfully so of these United States of America. We would have seen bloodshed here in the streets uh, because of the media and the way they have brainwashed the people of this country. And have lied to them, not even just brainwashed, but outright lied to them, you know, um, where Guinea, it was different, you know. But because Myanmar was on the brain, because coup d'etats were on the brain, I went ahead and uh, dug into what is going on in um, Burma, Myanmar right now, uh, since it's out of the news. You know, we don't hear much about what's going on with Burma, Myanmar nowadays uh, after this coup's happened. And keep in mind, this happened on February 1st where the military toppled over and dissolved the elected government of Aung San Suu Kyi, or Kyi, over there in Myanmar. And uh, that triggered a wave of protests by pro-democracy supporters. And, you know, I, I don't know uh, to what extent um, uh, there may have been propaganda or what was going on in Myanmar, or if it was just, um, you know, um, controlled uh, agent provocateurs. I don't know. I, I mean, it was terrible though. Uh, there was um, a lot of bloodshed in this event, um, but um, Myanmar was coming out of military control when they elected this uh, this uh, this Aung uh, San Suu Kyi. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I really couldn't say. Like uh, when I think about history and I think about stories of uh, military coups and autocratic regimes. Um, and, and it, it's it's strange to say this guys, but but being that all of the history that we know about um, uh, is is quite quite likely to have been a false history period. Uh, it's almost sane to believe that uh, we had autocratic regimes, uh, military control of nations to keep the globalists out. Like, I mean, whether that nation was a dictatorship or not, uh, it seems like it was to keep the globalists out. And of course, the media does a good job of painting that um, autocratic uh, um, government or or military rule as being a dictator and as killing the people and as, you know, this, this and that. Uh, We've seen that with Russia. Uh, We've seen that with Syria you know, um, and the stories that they try and tell. So do usually guys, I just go opposite of what the media says, uh, to Philly Q's point, don't trust the media. Who knows what is really happening in Myanmar, right? Well, the most recent story that I have seen coming out of Myanmar is that, uh, there is a shadow government in Myanmar, apparently since February up until this point, um, um, Opposition to the military rule in Myanmar has led way to a shadow government. Go figure. um, And uh, they are uh, actually calling for action against the military now. Opponents and militias against the military coup in Myanmar have formed a shadow government and are calling for its ousting. So apparently as of this point in time, opposition to military control are starting to want to fight back. Uh, the shadow government of Myanmar, formed by opponents of military rule, called for a nationwide uprising against the junta uh, yesterday, on Tuesday, amid reports of new protests and a flare-up uh, in fighting between the army and ethnic military groups. Now, this man here, his name is Duwa Lashila. Um, Duwa Lashila is the acting president of a group called the National Unity Government, otherwise known as NUG. And uh, NUG is, is um, you know, they are for taking down the military and, uh, you know, restoring democracy to Myanmar. Uh, he said that the shadow government was launching a people's defensive war, signaling in a speech what appeared to be a bid for greater coordination of armed militias and ethnic forces after months of fighting with the military. So apparently this guy is somewhere at the top of the shadow government over there in Myanmar, Um, a military spokesperson by the name of Za Min Thun dismissed the NUG's call for a revolt, saying that it was an attempt to gain international attention and recognition from the United Nations General Assembly later this month and that it would not succeed. Uh, some opponents of uh, military rule have formed armed groups under the banner of the People's Defense Forces and have forged alliances with some ethnic militias that have long seen Mil- Myanmar's army as their enemy. Uh, declaring a state of emergency, Duwa Lashila called for a revolt a revolt against the rule of military terrorists led by Min Ong Hyang in every corner of the country. Military's uh, Myanmar's military ruler Min Ong Hyung or H- H- Hrang—I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right—last month took on the role of prime minister in a newly formed caretaker government and pledged to hold new elections by 2023. Uh, the military um, Myanmar military rule has branded this guy here. Um, what is his name again? His name is uh, Dua Lashila. Dua Lashila. They have branded him and the NUG as members of a terrorist group. And um, they are um, uh, they have military-appointed administrators um, who um, are going to uh, fight against this, obviously. And, and again, the Myanmar military leadership is basically just ru- uh, calling this a, um, a cry for attention. And uh, they're trying to spread fake news. So there's no telling what, ladies and gentlemen... I mean, uh, when we talk about not paying attention to the media, all the media was saying and going on was about how this was, um, this was, um, um, an an atrocity against democracy and, you know, uh, um, it was against the people and, and anti-democratic, anti-democratic, anti-democratic. Um, but, uh, again, uh, we're looking at a, uh, we're looking at a, a, um, I, I they call it a junta. I mean, I call Biden what Biden has a junta. Uh but anyways, uh yeah, they, they that's what they're saying. And um I don't know. I don't know. Uh in, in my purview and I have very limited knowledge of the reason, I just kind of look at the patterns. It just it seems to me that uh the globalists installed or put that in there and uh they're trying to protect their people from something else. I don't know. I could be wrong. We'll see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just uh, sharing with you what the latest is over there in Myanmar. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that takes us to finally tonight. Uh, Let's talk about a few other things going on in Australia. Now, if you guys were with us on our last international edition of the Sea Report, uh, we expressed to you all the things that are going on in Australia. The um, Uh, extreme amount of authoritarianism, um, these extreme lockdowns, the oppression that Australians are facing at the hands of their government who are using the fear of this planned pandemic um, to take over their people, which really does set an example to all of us of exactly how far this could go if we allow it to. Uh, And, you know, all the science is out there now, the real science, I mean, Uh, the science about uh, cures, the science about the reality of this uh, virus, Uh, the science behind masks, it's all out there. People ask, when is something going to happen? When are things going to change? When are people going to wake up? That, my friends, all lies in the hands of the media, in the deceptive hands of the media, It's not going to be any kind of ruling or any kind of um, any kind of aha moment from the judiciary, the legislature or the executive. There's nothing that could happen that would cause people to wake up. As long as the media stands, when we're talking about uh, and I'm not blackpilling here, guys, but I'm just being factual. We're waiting for the results to come out of the Arizona audit and they'll come and they will be damning and it'll take the people to make the media to change because just like right now, we are the news guys. We are the ones setting the tone of what the mainstream media is forced to talk about. It will take a most definite outcrying of the people to get the media to talk about this because they have yet to discuss anything about the audits in the states other than calling them the big lie and uh, calling it uh, looney tunes and crazy to even think of doing so and anti-democratic, you know, but it, it will take something happening in the media. It will most definitely take something happening in the media in order for that to happen. Now with that in mind, we're talking about Australia here and because uh, uh you know uh independence and some uh you know outlets are talking about exactly how draconian and how overreaching and how oppressive the lockdowns in Australia are and we just talked about it last week uh here's a couple of new things updates uh that uh are going to fit the bill as far as what the Australian government are doing to their people um it seems that the Australian high court has struck a blow against free speech. So uh, not only do they have lockdowns, not only do they have curfews, not only do they have uh, detention centers going up, not only do they have apps with facial recognition in order to uh, pinpoint the activities of uh, those whom they control, uh, they are now taking a blow against free speech, online free speech to be exact, and uh, they have ruled uh, that um, certain websites and their users will face consequences um, and uh, if they make any type of comments. Now, this is a very interesting and a very specialized type of ruling in regards to free speech. And what they're talking about here is that um, certain media outlets will be penalized for the comments that their users are making. So this is another level of censorship wherein they are not censoring people specifically, but they are punishing outlets for allowing their readers to make comments on their uh, comment sections and also on social media. Um, Talk about an overreach, you know, talk about an overreach. Okay, this is like, this is like, a subtle, indirect attack on free speech. Okay, um, the way I kind of think about this story is the way they, uh, the way they got people to abide by masks in the United States of America. And now, what did they do? The government did not mandate, did not regulate, did not say there is a law that you have to wear a mask. John Q. and uh, Jeanette Q. American. Um, but it is recommended by CDC guidelines. But what they did is they pressured the businesses. So the businesses had to say, you have to wear a mask if you're gonna come into our store. Now the government didn't necessarily regulate that either, but then when it got down to local level, what did they do? They issued fines, they issued fines and they shut down businesses that did not regulate their um, uh, consumers. So they went another way to get to the American people in order to get the American people to wear their masks. They issued fines to businesses and public places and shut them down. If they did not enforce that on their consumers, it was like, uh, they, they've had, they had a middleman between the government and the consumer. And it seems like here in Australia, they have a middleman between the government's desire and the, uh, the free speech, uh, you know, um, citizen, you know? So in this story, they ruled that they will likely make it difficult for websites and users to allow free commenting in their country. The High Court of Australia has ruled that creators are liable for comments made by other people underneath their content, whether that be on their website or on a social media platform that their content appears. The ruling even extends to Facebook posts made by media outlets. The High Court, the country's equivalent of the Supreme Court, rejected an appeal from News Corp and Fairfax Media, finding that both companies can be held liable for defamatory content published underneath online articles on websites operated by the two media companies and on social media platforms that these companies host their content on. It, uh, and so this would make uh, it would make it more difficult for news websites to maintain comment sections in their country. The law could also have a wider ramification. In the ruling, Australian judges stated that people who operate Facebook pages should be liable for comments underneath their posts. Uh, this from Australian Broadcasting Corporation, the court found that by creating a public Facebook page and posting content, the outlets had facilitated, encouraged, and thereby assisted the publication of comments from third-party Facebook users, and they were therefore publishers of those comments themselves. Pretty crazy, huh, guys? Uh, the possible suit also targets uh, uh, also target comments posted on Facebook pages uh, of the uh, and the, these are these are the media outlets that will be affected in Australia. So, if you have anyone who has a complaint or who uh, has a grievance with the government and makes a comment on their page, on their website, or on social media websites that host their content. Uh, The Sydney Morning Herald, the Australian uh, Centralian Advocate, Sky News Australia, and the Bolt Report. Uh, They are all going to be affected by this hearing. And like I said, this is gonna put pressure on publishers to censor their readers thereby censoring free speech uh, in a third, I guess. You know, uh, by, by way of the middleman, the government is, a, is, is successfully censoring free speech by forcing these media outlets to censor their own readership. Pretty crazy, if you ask me. Um, and pretty crafty. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. Uh, and one has to ask the question, Uh, Again, how far do they have to go in Australia for the people to truly rise up? And we've already seen that happening um, in their country. We've already seen the people of Australia pretty ticked off and done with it, you know. But um, I don't know uh, if taking away their free speech or or, uh, penalizing uh, media outlets and, and causing them to police themselves. Maybe this will do it. Apparently, in uh, Australia, at least in uh, in a, in a, in a, what is this New South Wales? <laughs> if you are in lockdown, they are uh, actually controlling uh, your beer consumption. <laughs> no beer in New South Wales. Okay, in uh, apartment blocks that are locked down in New South Wales. Uh, residents are having their alcohol deliveries policed in accordance with the department's, the health department of New South Wales, that is uh, the department's health policy, which allows residents to receive a ration of only six beers or pre drinks, one bottle of wine or one 375 milliliter bottle of spirits. According to news.com Australia, any alcohol outside this limit is being confiscated until lockdown rules are lifted, according to the report. Residents may ask a clinician if they want more than the prescribed limits. Please, sir, can I have another beer? And I have to ask the doctor for permission. Now, you know a limit's going to be reached here. (laughs) Because how did Americans get through lockdown? By being inebriated every day from morning till 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 midnight. Uh, at least I know people who are like that. I didn't. I didn't because I didn't have the money for it. Otherwise, I might have joined them. Uh, but anyways, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, you know, they <laughs> You can't even. You cannot even get drunk in Australia apparently these days. Um, at Mission Australia's Common Ground building, residents have said have said care packages sent by friends and relatives are being searched before they are being delivered. Um, a Sydney local health district spokeswoman told the news site that the alcohol limits are being enforced in the state's health department's special accommodations, where COVID positive patients and close contacts are being sent for isolation. So I guess that means uh, if you have COVID or if you've been in close contact with someone, this is where these uh, restrictions are being relegated to. Um, The spokeswoman said that when New South Wales Health took over the apartment buildings in an effort to mitigate the spread of COVID-19, the buildings became subject to alcohol consumption restrictions. I'm surprised that they're not saying that this is for people who have chosen to not take the vaccination, but oh wait, they said high risk residents. And uh, we know that the government of Australia and indeed any government has uh, kind of designated someone who does not get a vaccine as being of high risk. Uh, So that's kind of a shame there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, The state's public health orders do not include alcohol limits. It is unclear what power the Department of Health has to limit the delivery of alcohol to individuals isolating in their own homes. So I don't know, give them a week of this, right, guys, <laughs> and see where Australia is. Uh, it's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy, ladies and gentlemen. Pretty crazy indeed. All right, folks, that takes us to the end of today's Sea Report International Edition. I hope that was uh, somewhat entertaining. Um, if not, uh, informative for you all out there in, um, um, the interwebs, uh, whether you be at Clout Hub, whether you be at Twitch, or whether you be at the foxhole.app. I thank you all for tuning in tonight. And uh, we, we will be back again tomorrow for our regularly scheduled programs. Uh, and well, you know, I don't like to use the word program, but uh, informational show. <laughs> uh, and uh, we will most be definitely heading back to the uh, headlines here in the States of America to see what is going on. Uh, maybe it'll be another full day of news. We'll see what is up. In the meantime, thank you all again for hanging out. Thank you all again for the gold pill donations. Uh, let's see, uh, jumping into the chat here real quick while I release the scratching. For those of you who might have an itch. Uh, curious Cat, you are most welcome. Aurelius Locke, you have a great night, sir. Just V, uh, oh yeah, they also have to drink through their masks, don't they? Oh my goodness, it's gonna strain it out even more. Uh, the Speak Uneasy, have a great evening. The Texan, hey, I see you it in there. Uh, it does not work, Texan, I'm telling you. Like uh, they're already under so much oppressive restrictions. Now they're going to take their beer away, their alcohol. I don't think that bodes well for the Australian government. That might actually be uh, the last uh, draw there. Philly Q, a pleasure as always. Um, Castle Drummer, good evening, sir. And thanks for popping in. All right, pill by the Rabbit, still hanging out there. All right, y'all. Y'all have a great night. We went over a little a little overtime today. Uh, Sherry Pittsburgh, One Scott, all of you all, Merkers, have a great evening, y'all. We'll be back tomorrow here at the Sea Report. I don't know why it says Lone Star News all of a sudden. Oh, must be a reminder. Don't forget, we have Lone Star News on Saturdays with myself and the Texan. Okay, guys, that was a slip of the finger. All right, guys, y'all have a great night. We will see y'all next time. And as always, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America.